going to be a great podcast uh, tonight, right, Jane? I think so. We have Professor Walter E. Williams joining us tonight. Those of you who don't know Walter Williams, he's a substitute host for Rush Limbaugh, also a distinguished professor of economics at um, George Mason University and a libertarian economist to boot, probably one of the most famous that there is. So we're so happy to have him. Anyway, we thought this soundbite best summed up the entire show. This actually is the theme of the show right here. Let me ask you, Congressman, well, let me ask you, when the housing industry CEOs come to you and say, you know, we go under and all the ancillary businesses, the dishwasher manufacturers, the washer and dryer manufacturers, the Lowe's and the Home Depots that vastly depend on our being alive and, and vibrant, if we go under, there's hell to pay. And then the textile manufacturer comes to you and says, if we go down, there's hell to pay. And on and on and on we go. Where do you draw the line with our money? It is not your money. In fact, it is. If anybody it could is have predicted, money. You said you wanted me on this show. Let me have a little chance to talk. If, if for no. example, if and that's a Republican too. Dealerships go under. And by the way, dealers can't sell cars. You know why? Because the credit crunch. Because there's no credit to get. If we could just remove that problem, and this is what we're trying to do, then we'd be in a position to sell cars. Right now, you can't even move a car. That's so why there's nothing in the 25 that's why those or 50, are going under. Congressman, there's nothing in the 25 or 50 billion that will open up credit for folks to buy cars that in good times and bad, they have not wanted to get from these guys. That's not the purpose of the 25 billion. The purpose of the 25 billion is to give them some, some money for the time being to make sure that they stay alive, they stay in place. Because if they do go... Walter Williams wrote a great essay called Americans Contempt for Liberty. Jane, will you read a little bit of that? Because that sets up Walter Williams perfectly. I will when I find it, because I was looking at Annie descending the stairs. Big shout out to Pooch, too. I see the Pooches in the chat room. Pooch, nice to see you. Sergeant Mark Puchinski. Thank you for joining us, Sergeant. Okay, I will read this one. Um, Bear with me. The recognition of the fact that Congress has no resources of its own forces of its own forces us to acknowledge that the only way Congress can give one American one dollar is to first, through intimidation, threats, and coercion, thank you, confiscate that dollar from someone other, some other American. So essentially, Walter Williams writes, the only way that the Congress can give away a dollar is take a dollar from one of you first, either through threats or coercion Thank or you by for confiscation. Thank you for translating for me. I apologize. That's if okay. a private citizen did the same thing that Congress does, we would call it an immortal act, namely theft. Uh, acts such as theft are, that are immoral when done privately, do not become moral when done collectively. I rest my case. This um, this just pretty much sums it. And yet, the reason he says Americans disdain for liberty is because we willingly let politicians take away our freedom and our liberty and abscond with it, and run away with it, and use it however, however they wish. We don't even put a watch on them. That's what Walter Williams was trying to say, that we've given up our liberty to politicians and we've given it away freely. Let's go right to Walter Williams now, shall we? Actually, let's take a phone call if you'd like before we get into Walter Williams' interview. We interviewed Walter about earlier this morning. So we're going to play a tape rendition of the interview with him. Uh, The phone numbers are 860 996-9308-860-888-9308. Okay. 860-996-0308 and 860-888-2101. My handwriting is awful. 860-996-0308. We have time for a phone call before we start the interview. And we'll stop the interview periodically if somebody calls in. And restart it again. Here's what, without further ado, here's Professor Walter E. Williams. 
Okay. Okay, Jane had a question right out of the gate for you as a defector from a communist country back in the 80s. Hi, Professor. Good morning. I wanted to know what you meant by um, Americans having content, uh, content for uh, personal liberty. Did you, um, is it personal liberty of theirs or of other people? Are they looking over the fence? In, um, no, uh, uh, of, of theirs. Uh, we're not looking over the fence. Uh, that is the, when I say just one example of it, is that the average American thinks that it's okay for Congress to forcibly use one American to serve mm. the purposes of another. That is, uh, most Americans believe that uh, it's okay to take your money and my money to give to farmers or to bail out banks or to give to poor people or to give it. Now listen to Professor Williams. We've given up our liberty. That's what he's trying to tell you is that you've given it up and I've given it up. We've all given it up. We give it up freely. We let the politicians take our money, pick our pockets, and run away with it. And, not, and there, there is no accountability. I, having worked in the financial services industry, You're called a fiduciary. In other words, we trust our money to you and you're responsible for it. Professor Williams continued. Foreign aid. And if we do the same thing privately, we call it theft. Right. And you also said that's definition of slavery in your opinion, which that really pretty much um, looks, uh, yeah, that, that looks like a definition to me too. Um, yes, yeah, so, yeah, uh, that's a working definition of slavery, the forcible use of one person to serve the purposes of another. Right. But with the content of the personal liberty, is it because they don't realize they're losing it with every sign that the, 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 uh, Senate, the government makes to take more from them? They don't realize that they have the liberty, that they're losing it? Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that... There are many Americans who think the way I do. That is, m- most Americans think that it's okay. It's a, you know, it's, it's a legitimate function of government. And, and if you read the United States Constitution, there's absolutely no authority for uh, Congress to be doing this. Uh, but the average American thinks that it's okay because uh, it, it sounds good. It does well. I was asking my mother um, what she thought. My my whole family still lives in Czech uh, Republic, and I asked my mother what yeah. she thought the role of government should be. So she started naming all these things about you know they should provide us with health care, they should provide provide us with jobs, they should this. I said, Mom, no, really, government really should provide us with security and possibly with the infrastructure uh, of of the uh, roads and highways. That was my. That's yeah, my opinion. Right. Yeah, and and, and uh, I think one has to recognize is that uh, the uh, either the people, the members of the parliament, or either the United States Congress, uh, they have no resources of their very own. And when you recognize that that these politicians have no resources of their of their very own. That the uh, that government has no resources of their own, it forces you to recognize that the only way that the government can give one American citizen one dollar is to first, through intimidation, threats, and coercion, confiscate that dollar from some other American. We're talking with Professor Walter E. Williams, distinguished professor of economics at uh, George Mason University. Thank you for joining us, Professor. I really appreciate this very much. Well, thank you, Jim. Uh, professor, uh, one of the things I did want to talk to you about, because Michelle Obama talked about this as well, you talked about how crime was affecting the minority community more than the white, commu- white community. And well, uh, crime that has a very, very heavy toll uh, on, uh, on people in the black community, uh, and uh, particularly the black community. And the uh, toll goes beyond the fact of uh, people being murdered. It turns out, like, like in, for example, in Chicago, uh, a person is shot every three and a half hours, mm-hmm. and a person is is murdered every eighteen hours, and uh, uh, and and that's that's atrocious in and atrocious in and of itself. But there's also the fact that uh, high crime. Uh, raises the cost of, of doing any kind of business in the neighborhood. That is, 
uh, uh, you know, supermarkets will not locate in high-crime neighborhoods. So the cost is borne by the law-abiding citizens who must get on buses or trolley cars to go out of their neighborhood to shop and or either pay the high prices of uh, the little mom-and-pa shop, uh, shops there. Professor, also, most uh, now get this. I was going to say, in her most recent speech in Chicago, Michelle Obama blamed that on white people. She blamed it on white flight. She said there were no gang fights in Chicago. There were no territorial battles, not a single one, until the white people fled the area. They fled from us because of the color of our skin, the texture of our hair. I could see it as a child. I know why the white people left. <laughs> well... The uh, people left because they, and and matter of fact, it turns out that I think during the 70s and 80s, the uh, the migration to the suburbs was greater among blacks than among whites, and it it turns out that blacks don't like to be mugged any more than white people. (laughs) Walter Williams, you're the best. If they can get out, uh, they 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 try what they can to to get out, and most Americans uh, have no idea. Of the of the kind of life that many Black Americans live in these in these hellholes in St. Louis, uh, Baltimore, and Chicago, and in some places, uh, on some nights, families or mothers have put the kids in in the, in the to bed in the bathtub to save them from stray bullets, or to serve dinner on the floor. Uh, uh, people have bars at the houses, and they won't go out after dark and. And it's a huge uh, cost that's being imposed on the on the uh, black community. That's and a tragedy. people who say, yeah, the people who say that well, stores won't locate there because of racism. That's a, almost like saying is that white supermarket owners do not like uh, green dollars coming out of black hands. <laughs> well, Professor uh, Michelle Obama thinks it's because white people fled the area. They fled because of black people and the texture of their hair. What is she talking about? My mom. Well, and dad- it's, well, you know, people are able to say things nowadays and and get away with it because nobody challenges over or they're they're not challenged very much. Uh, uh, people would be uh, afraid or reluctant to uh, cha- uh, challenge uh, Michelle Obama uh, to her face and. Uh, uh, and, and so people find they can just get away with talking a lot of crap. Well, here's another quote. Walter. White people left our communities in a shambles. I don't think that's true. I know when my mom and dad left Queens in New York to move upstate to bring their children into the country, they didn't leave Queens in a shambles. Queens de- devolved into a sample, shambles. Uh, that That's right. Uh, uh, you know, like, you, you, and you talk about the neighborhoods, uh, um, you know, where you find graffiti and you find property destruction. And that was not there uh, when, when, uh, when, when white people or middle-class people were there. It happened after black and, and Hispanic people moved in. And, uh, and matter of fact, it's a little interesting uh, challenge. I'm sorry. A challenge that you can give people is in, in some cities, you can tell the buses that go through uh, uh, predominantly black or Hispanic neighborhoods, mm. and the buses go through the neighborhoods that have all graffiti Special written. Special decorations. Them. Yeah, right. Mm. Well, a professor probably wouldn't surprise you that somebody like Jane, who defected from a communist country, would become a libertarian when she arrived here. She's a true libertarian, well, like you. She believes in the free well, market. That, that's good. That's that's good, and. Uh, and, and you know, uh, and our nation was set up on libertarian uh, principles. There was the the founders of our nation actually feared uh, government. Uh, they uh, and they wanted to keep government as small as possible. They recognized that you do need some government, but the essence of government is coercion, and you want to keep that as small as possible. But that's but you so don't true. Want government in the business of doing what you pay it. To, to, uh, to, to protect you from. That is, you don't want government in the business of taking your money and, and giving it to somebody else. Like, uh, like that, you call it the what, 
crony capitalism. I'm sorry, I'm jumping in. The crony capitalism. Yeah, 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 they, crony, crony capitalism. When they yeah. take your money and try to keep companies. Uh, Connecticut is very well known for that. Uh, um, uh, um, Governor Malloy did that left and right. And the tried companies. Tried to pay companies to stay. The, the companies stayed uh, for the probably duration of spending the money that they were given. And then they still took a hightail out of here, out of Connecticut. <laughs> That's right. And, and some of the evidence of, of what's going on is that uh, people vote with their feet and, uh-huh. and people are leaving places like Connecticut and mm-hmm. Florida and Connecticut, New Jersey and New York. And they're going to places like Florida, Texas and Arizona. And all these states have uh, uh, more amenities uh, uh, and they uh, lower taxes and, and lower taxes. Thank you very Professor, much. Professor. I asked Jane when she landed at JFK, why did she stay and not turn around and go back to check? Other than the fact that she would have been shot or thrown in jail. Um, she said, when I landed, I could smell freedom. Freedom. I said, what kind of freedom? She said, freedom to think and say whatever I wanted to say. Apparently, that freedom is gone now. Well, it's getting there because people are forcing us to think that things that are not are there. Um, or should I? I don't even know where to start. Uh, pretending that boys are girls and some girls are boys, and you know, uh, people. Pre- yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't even say anything about it. If I have children, if I have girls competing in girl sports, there's a boy des- deciding that he's a girl and he's going to be competing against them. And that's obvious disadvantage. And what but really gets to her is be, she has to watch what she says. There are certain things she can't well, say because it's hate speech. Right. She said that reminded her of communism. She had to watch what well, she said right, every right. single time. Yeah, but, but for me, uh, and maybe it's because I'm just much older, uh, I, I ignore the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, those kind of arguments about what constitutes hate speech. And, uh, and I come out and say what I, what I think, and <laughs> I try to be honest about it, but uh, there may, needs to be more Americans who just challenge this politically correct uh, stuff. Right. I, like I you. absolutely agree with you. Like um, you and like me and as, like the people I, in our audience. So Jane, Jane what, what, what part of, what, uh, did you say you're from the Czech Republic? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, yes. I, 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 I've been invited by, uh, oh, years and years ago by Vakov Klaus to, uh, to come there. Václav Klaus, yeah. Uh, that was our second president after the 1989, and I happened to leave in 1988. I landed here 4th uh-huh. of July in New York uh, at JFK. Yes. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah he and it, both uh, Václav Klaus and I, we shared uh, the, the, uh, the Adam Smith Award that was oh. given out by the Foundation for Economic Education in New York City. That's, That's wonderful. That's the Free Market Economics Award. Or for promoting free market economics, no. going to a Czech president was uh, concerning. Yeah, I don't know why. You know uh, like how Obama was, uh, got the communism. Award. How did <laughs> she like socialism? Given the gang and the, or the squad, the squad was trying to convince people here in America how wonderful socialism was. Jane said, "Yeah, I liked it so much. I was willing to risk my life to get away from it." Right. Uh, oh yes, yes. Well, and, and and socialism and communism has they have a poor, very poor human rights record. That is, most people the, the the greatest murder of mankind has been in socialist or communist countries, such as uh, 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 under Stalin, under on the Mao Zedong. Well, there uh, you go, AOC. Nazi Germany. Uh, these are all socialist regimes, and they're responsible for the loss of of millions and millions of lives murdered mur- by their own government. Chew on that one for a while, A.L.C. and Stalin. Well, uh, my, my, uh, I have uh, uh, ties to Russia. Uh, my grandparents were from Ukraine, and uh, my grandmother was sent from Ukraine to Germany to work in 1941-42 because um, they, they didn't have uh, income because my grandfather lost his head. Uh, and he lost his head because Stalin decided that he was not agreeing with the uh, system, so he had him beheaded. So when you, when you say yeah, right, yeah. 
So yeah. and 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 and, uh, and for the Ukrainians, uh, they uh, Stalin uh, starved them to death. Just uh, you know, going in the, in the farms and taking all that they produced and taking stuff even out of their houses that they produced. Well, and not, it was an awful situation not, not for only the uh, that, Ukrainians. Right. Not only that, <laughs> if they didn't agree, they were again they were uh, beheaded. They send them to gulags. Uh, there are working camps or work camps that are pretty close to concentration camps. I'm going to and, let the professor uh, yeah, finish so up, then we'll go to phone calls. How's that? If, you know, yeah, if people don't agree with the, uh, the government, they disappear. So, yes, yeah. it's wonderful. It's great. Yeah, socialism is so, so great. Professor, is yeah, if you say the wrong you'll, thing, you'll, you're you'll gone. Identify with this one. Jane said in Communist Czech, there were snitches everywhere, so you had to watch what you said because if you said something, somebody might snitch on you and you were off to jail or you'd be executed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, uh, you know, the, you, you, turn, you turn people against one another. Uh, this was true in, in, in Nazi Germany, it, 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 and it's true today in places like Korea, North Korea. And 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 and, uh, and parts of China. China. Uh, that is, if you dis- disagree with the, uh, the the political leaders, you're 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 put in jail or, or concentration camps or killed. And and not in North Korea, it's even worse. Is that if if you say something that's uh, against the uh, uh, Kim Il Sung, and uh, your whole family is put into a concentration camp. Right. And Professor, what makes AOC think it's going to be any different here? Well, well, she might not. I mean, but but the, uh, she she will not be among the uh, the uh, the plebiscite. She will be uh, she envisions herself as one of the leaders, and the leaders do very well under communism, unless they cross. We'll let the professor uh, finish up later on. In the meantime, let's take some phone calls. Eight six zero nine nine six. Zero three zero eight eight six zero nine nine six zero three zero eight nine nine six zero three zero eight. Take your phone calls now. I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Americans disdain for liberty. But Are you, you willing to give up your liberty? You got Re- a very important point. I will get to it. No. I was going to say it because these leaders that think they're elite and they're going to lead forever. If they tick somebody off, they're going to be disposed of, just like everybody else. We'll play the rest of the interview at the end of the show. In the meantime, we'd love to take your phone calls. Because today, it's all about you guys. If you don't call, the show has to come to an end. I don't want that to happen. 888-2101 or 996-0308-860, of course. 996-0308. 860-996-0308-860-888-2101. Either one of those will get you on the show. It's a lot of fun. Sally, where the heck are you? Sally always calls. Sam's there. Tim. Is Sam there? Tim in Colorado. Come on, Tim. Okay, I haven't said anything to... Oh, well, there you go. There we go. It's Sam. <laughs> hey, Sam, how you doing? Hang on a second. There you go, Sam. Hey. Hey, Sam, can you hear us? Yes, I can. You hey, go mama. right ahead. What do you think of Walter Williams? I love that man. I He's just love him. Do you know how He's nervous? He's so full of common sense. Do you know how <laughs> nervous I was? He made, he put me on spot over here. Jane really <laughs> read the interview. He really wanted to talk oh. to Jane, though. No. I bet you he did. I just bet you. She's been through a lot and informing things that you probably never heard of yet. <laughs> And he, he's a, I've been, uh, those are the kind I've of people. Trying sh- to, I'm sorry, Sam, go ahead. <laughs> I've been trying to keep up with a whole bunch of things. Um, the and it, it's just making me sick to my stomach. I'm telling you. Yeah. We can talk I, about uh, impeachment tonight. Oh yes. That is just such a farce. I don't know if you heard what Greg Gutfeld said about it. No, what did Greg have to say about it? <laughs> he, he, he got angry, didn't he? They were trying to... Huh? He got angry, didn't he? Oh, he was mad. Uh, and and it, he said it was like taking a, a, a turd and paint, painting it in a gold-plated paint. <laughs> 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 it was the problem. 
Well, that's pretty graphic. Oh, my God. (laughs) He is hot, and I am, too. I can't even stand to look at that woman after what we know she has done. You know, it's all because Hillary lost. She can't stand losing. So you have to be underhanded and sneak your way in. Is that it? We don't want you. Don't you understand? Even the Democrats don't want you. (laughs) Well, I was listening to a man from England today. I've forgotten his name, but he's pretty high up there. I know you're talking about. um, Okay. Uh, And he's wonderful. He is wonderful. That man, he, he threw a cue flag over his building, his castle, and he got such a wonderful reaction from all the English people that it was amazing. They are getting a little more credibility. These are the kind of people we'll have on this podcast, people like Walter Williams and also uh, Andy McCarthy and Mike Walsh. Oh, and we're going to get... Oh, uh, I also, like Mike Wallace. We're going to get Dr. Zero back on again, too. And Ned Morrissey from Hot Air. So we'll have top flight guests on this podcast. So you have to well, stay sugar, tuned every like week. That. I know. With guests like that, we ought to get this thing rolling pretty quick. I've already mm-hmm. shared you. Oh, thank you very much, Sam. I appreciate you doing that. Those are the kind of guests this podcast will have, though. You'll enjoy it very much. Make sure you tune in live every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock or listen online oh, I will. at RadioVicenline.com. You can listen also later on. You can go to sleep to me. I can talk you to sleep. How about that? <laughs> you can hear Sam I like too. that idea, honey. Why not? <laughs> it's time to go to bed now. Turn off the podcast and close your eyes and go to sleep. That's it. Sam, thank you for calling. <laughs> Thank you, night, sweetie. Say hello to hello, Brandy Hello, Jane. We love you, baby. I love you, too. <laughs> Bye, Mama. I will be doing that, honey. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Sam. Okay, so you were talking about certain things that were taking place. The assassination of the uh, general in Iran um, and the lies that they have been spreading and all the... Uh, you know, this is nonsense that they are actually trying to send our general, General Flynn, to jail for lying when, in fact, he did not lie. The FBI admits General Flynn didn't lie, and they're praising the uh, the uh, community organizer of terrorists, the General Soleimani. How do you remember the names? You're amazing. Anyways, uh, my children came home from school telling me that somebody approached them and said, now he's done it. I'm like, what do you mean? Uh the kids told me, now he's done it. Oh, you mean Trump killing somebody? Yeah, now he's done it. I said, okay, well, let's figure out a kind way to explain these things to these people. Um, what do you mean he's done it? Here's another banned word from this podcast <laughs> in describing Trump. If you notice, they use the word erratic all the time. An erratic president when it comes to his foreign policy. Yeah, Obama was a, organized for sure. Well, organized enough to cellophane wrap money and send it to the Ayatollah so okay. he can fund terrorism. How about those two idiots? Uh, Michael Moore was second this time, but those two idiots in Hollywood apologizing. It sent a letter to the of apology in Iran and uh, saying, for- <laughs> "Please don't hurt us." In the letter, "Please don't hurt us." I, I the uh, propaganda that must have gone throughout the world because my mom was actually texting me frantically from Czech. Uh, oh my God, this is going to be World War III. So where is it coming from, all this? And um, do you remember uh, the other thing the is... The Democrats, where else? I mean, there's so much on a plate. I was just thinking about what I, I, putting this book together is uh, bringing up things that I buried in my mind, in my memory. So I'm watching documentaries and things. I happened to come across a documentary of uh, the Romania, uh, Ceausescu, who was a big pal of uh, um, George Soros? Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> We'd figure that he would be. 996-0308. 996-0308. That's our other calling line. Without you guys, we have no show, so you have to call in today. 
Walter Williams has about two minutes left to his interview. We'll play it at the end of the show. In the meantime, I want to hear what you have to say. Here's the kind of government you're going to get when Elizabeth Warren is, uh, if she becomes president. I mean, I shudder to think what would happen. I hear all this, you know, well, this is class warfare, this is whatever. No, there is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there, good for you. But I want to be clear, you moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. You hired workers the rest of us paid to educate. You uh, were safe in your factory because of police forces and fire forces that the rest of us paid for. No, we all paid for it. You didn't have to worry that marauding bands would come. I'm sorry, when you claim to be an Indian and you're not, please don't use the term marauding bands. I hear all this, you know, well, this is class warfare, this is whatever. No, there is nobody in this country who got rich on his own. Nobody. You built a factory out there, good for you. But I want to be clear, you moved your goods to market on the roads the rest of us paid for. You hired workers the rest of us paid to educate. She is, I can't even tell you how stupid this is. You uh, were safe in your factory because of From police forces bands. and fire forces that the rest of us paid for. You didn't have to worry that marauding bands would come and seize everything at your factory. Now she was talking about fires. She, you know is she what? talking she's about just, flaming arrows being a, shot into the wagon she's train? She's a scarred woman working as an educator Fire someone being fired to protect against this because of the work the rest of us did. Now look, you built a factory and it turned into something terrific or a great idea. God bless. Keep a big hunk of it. Oh, she's letting you keep a big hunk of it. It's that's not what you your face. money. Yeah, but you see, that's exactly what Walter Williams is talking about. We willingly let women like this or men like this, people like this, say we can keep a good hunk of our own money instead of keeping it ourselves. That's what we're facing right now. We're facing people like this on the left who actually think that they make sense. Tim is la- Tim in Colorado's laughing. They think it's funny. I think you've gone one hey, tuck over the, li- Morgan over the finally, line, Tim. Morgan finally made it. Hi, Morgan. Hi, Tim. Hi, Ralph. Lo- uh, Sam called us. Joanne, oh, I, Nate. And I know Christy. Christy said hello, too. Hey, Christy, Tom, how you doing? Rob, Dennis. Christy's our friend, Jeanette, our lupus Jeanette. friend in the panhandle. Uh, Jose is here, or was here. Hi, guys. Sorry, I was listening to the interview. I was getting ready to read anything that Jim wanted me to oh, read. Oh, Tim. Tim in Alabama. Tim, how are you doing? Long time, no talk. Tim, how is, Al- how is, is Bama? Hi, Chuck. Check on all ears. Hi, Jim. Hi, Chuck. How you doing? Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Okay. How you doing? Sam was the only brave one today. Come, Come on. Come on. We need a call. 860-996-0308. 860-996-0308. Uh, Come on. Somebody call the line. We have a second line, too. Hi, 860-996-0308. 860-888-8888. Eight 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 two one zero one. You're going to make it too complicated with two lines. Oh my okay, god! Okay, let's do one line. <laughs> we'll just give out one number. Eight six zero nine nine six zero three zero eight. Anyways, so I was trying to explain to my children that with the um, elimination of that general in Iran, they had to all they had to do. Hi. Hello. How you doing? Hang on a second. Let me get you hooked up here. Hello. Lori, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. Who is this? It's Morgan. Hey, Morgan, how you doing? I'm good. I'm glad I finally made it. Morgan, (laughs) thank you for calling in. I appreciate it very much. What did you think of Walter Williams? Did you hear him? No, actually, I just came in when I heard Elizabeth going off on a rant. Well, he he actually... uh, wrote a, a very poignant essay about how Americans freely give up their liberty, let politicians tax them. 
Well, how dare she think that she's entitled to take what I earned? Well, how is that ever? You know, that's not a free. That's not a free society. You can keep a good hunk of it if you want. Absolutely. <laughs> can you believe she would say, "God bless you." Keep a good hunk of it. Yeah, that's how it's going to go. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. It shouldn't <laughs> I don't be. think so. No, As I Neil just Kof- go ahead. I'm sorry. And, when I'm just sitting here thinking, my goodness, she's got such righteous indignation. I'm thinking she's probably one of the richest people that's going that's going up for president. She is. She's a millionaire herself, as I understand it. Yeah. You know what? How about how about lead by example and just hand over everything you got first? You first. Keep a hunk of it, right? We'll let her keep a good <laughs> hunk of it. Yeah, we'll let her keep a couple thousand. That's it. You know. <laughs> Couple mortgage payments, that's it. Otherwise, you know what? Get in line with everybody else. Because you know the bread lines, they're good. Oh Lord. Do you think Walter Williams is right when he says Americans have a disdain for liberty? Because they're so willing to give up their money? (laughs) Not this American. (laughs) This This American American, you know, and I don't want to hoard it. No, nobody wants to hoard it, but I think we should also be entitled to actually spend it the way we want. We you know, be. most in this country, I mean, in, you know, in the world, the United States is the leading um, charitable um, society of, of people. And that's not just corporations and our government giving it over. These are private donations. We give the bulk of, of charity in the world. Morgan, the so, last time I checked, hoarding was saving. Hoarding is a good thing. You're saving for your retirement. Yeah, but you know what? Hoarding is not the same as handing it over to the government. Oh, I don't want to hand it to the government. (laughs) I'd rather, my mother used to say I'll spend it myself before I'll give it to them. Yeah, you know, but that's that's one of the things. And this is what they need to also look at, too, is that if we, you know, they're talking about this global thing and they want to help the world and all this stuff. Well, if you start taking all of our money... Guess what? All those countries that we help, all those people, organizations, all these charitable organizations that we help out are not going to get their money anymore because we're not going to be able to keep the, quote, bulk of our, of our, uh, you know, of of our own money. So, you know, and, you know, everybody says that, uh, you know, capitalism has, has pulled more countries out of poverty, um, in the last, I don't know how many years, but if you go and you start taking socialism of this country, which is like the global leader, What's going to happen to all of those poor countries? I'm embarrassed to say, Morgan, that I've cut back on the money I've given to my charities this year because taxes have been high. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, that actually is an example of what we're talking about is because in this state, you know, we are being taxed, you know, crazy, like, and, you know, other, I'm sure that other uh, um, states, mostly in the South, that have good taxes and good governments there in their in their states, give a very large amount to charity. And Walter Williams would say the people of Connecticut have willingly give up, given up their liberty, let the politicians take our money. No, well, that's just it. I don't want to. I don't want to give it up, but I also don't want to have to move. Some of us can't move. You know, some of us are, are, are trapped in mortgages that we can't get out of and, and homes that we can't get out of. And we, we will, you know, be destitute if we have to leave the state. And that, me, I, I think know they're about counting that. on that. They I are think counting they're counting on that. on that. Yeah. It's like an iron curtain. You know, because all the rich people have already left. The rich people, you know what? They pulled up stakes and left. They got out of Dodge. It's like a financial iron curtain, Jane. It, it is. Yes, that's exactly it. Well, that's exactly it. Um, and that's what's so so pathetic in this state. Every time I turn, every time I, I look around, I hear about tolls and all this other kind of stuff. It's like it, it, it's almost it's like a game of chicken. That's what they're doing. It's like a game of chicken. It's like okay, I'm going to put this out there and let's see if you flinch. I think that's, that's I think that's what Walter Williams meant by voting with their feet. They just leave. You just get on your feet and you leave. But uh, yeah. Uh, when was the last oh. time you got hired by a poor person? That's, 
<laughs> That's Larry Elder's but favorite no, expression. Well, the, the, well, you can kind of kind of get hired by a poor person if you're doing good deed. You are volunteering. That's what, but but that's when you have money and you can do it out of goodness of your heart. So you right. have to have the money because you still have to eat. But um, I have never been hired by a poor person myself. Eight 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 two one zero one is our other line. Eight 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 two one zero one. Morgan. It's kind of yeah. a different podcast when you can call in and participate, huh? Yeah, I can complain a lot. You can. <laughs> Go ahead, complain all you Bring want. Bring it on. Bring it on. We well, want to hear just, it. You know, I just, I, just do it on, I just do it online most of the time. I just type it instead of say it. That's fine. <laughs> well, you can do it every Wednesday over here. Wednesday. Uh, it's I know. We can, we can bottle it, label it, and sell it. We can. Yeah, my my so, days run together, and when it's Thursday, and I say, dang it, I missed it. <laughs> it's Wednesday. You'll That's never miss choice, it. Though. And besides, oh, we're always to, on the I, internet. Yeah, yeah, I need to set an alarm is what I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just a little reminder, you all are there. Yeah, it's Wednesday, Morgan. <laughs> it's Wednesday. What's that? It's, hey, guess what day Wednesday. it is. Get, what day is it? What day is it? Oh, it's hump day. Uh-huh. It's hump day. <laughs> <laughs> See if I have. Oh goodness! He's looking for All it. Right. All right, yep. Morgan. Hey, uh, hopefully you can join us again. It was good to I definitely. Uh, Thanks get... for talking to me. Thanks for calling. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye, Morgan. Bye, okay, Morgan. Bye, bye. Okay, there was Joseph that was trying to call during the uh, phone call with Morgan. So, jo- Joseph, if you're still on, it's 860 Oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-hoo! I think that should be the opening uh, thing for the show now. <laughs> What's funny now is Jane's auto insurance is Geico. Ge- <laughs> Jane's a Geico customer. Hey, Geico, come on, advertise on the podcast. Oh, by the way, you have a listener that owns Mulberry 2 in Glastonbury. There's one in Manchester, one in, I'd say, uh, the takeout place. I know Mulberry 2, Sure. So I went there today. Oh my God! I thought I was going to spend rent money. It was. And uh, it was. It's not expensive. It's just that I wanted to buy everything. There's Joseph. Hey Joseph. Joseph, hang on while I make sure the audio goes to the board. Yep. Joseph, can you hear me? Hello. Yeah, can yes, you hear I can me? Hear you. Great. Yes, I can hear you. It's not Joseph. This is Joanne. Oh, it's oh Joanne. Joanne. That's right, Joanne. I apologize. Hey, Joanne, how are you doing? Thanks I am for, doing fine. Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind, Joanne? Uh, Shoot. Cu- a couple different things. Um, as they say, I don't want to pay any more taxes. So my husband keeps um, reminding me every now and then, you know, you have a 15-year-old car, and it's got 204,000 miles on it. Don't you want to look for a new one? And I keep telling him, I do not want to pay the sales tax nor do I want to pay the car tax that comes in every year. Because last year, on my 14-year-old car, it's an 04. Um, actually, it's 16-year-old. It's 16 now. On my 15-year-old car, I paid uh, a little bit more than $200 uh, dollars for the car tax. Plus emissions, right? Um, uh, well, um, it's supposed to go for emissions, but I've never gotten for emissions <laughs> since Quiet. it expires. Sorry. Sorry. You don't tell anybody. Right. So, right. I have a 2013 There's, Jeep Wrangler. I ought to hang on to it, shouldn't I? Well, I don't know about that, but I'm just sitting there going, I just don't want to pay, uh, you know, more taxes on it. This is ridiculous. I would like to get a newer car. Uh, I have a Toyota Highlander. I would like to get a newer one, but I just don't want to pay uh, the yearly car tax on it besides the sales tax. You know, no, when but I they are. Buy it. They come with all kinds of neat gadgets now, including blindside indicators and backup cameras don't and listen. backup yes, warnings. I know. Joanne, don't listen to him. <laughs> Joanne, the new cars have so many gadgets on them, you'll love them. And you can download our podcast onto your phone and play it through your car radio like I'm still on the air. That's true, too, yes. Um, 
But um, if I could figure a legal way around and uh, not have to pay all the car taxes and whatnot, I, you know, I'd run out tomorrow and get something. But uh, obviously I can't, so I don't go out well, and buy anything. Well, there's where taxes kill sales for companies and businesses. There's exactly. Taxes. No, taxes are not good for business. They're bad for business. Now, now I have a question. Um, uh, you know, I know you say you're libertarian, conservatarian. I'm yeah. kind of a conservatarian. I, this goes back to your old show. Yeah, um, exactly. And uh, uh, Yana is a libertarian, and so is Walter E. Williams. Can you explain to me the too big to fail? I understand that, but when they fail, they also put a lot of people out of work, which, you know, has a lot of rippling effects to the other, you know, uh, businesses that those people who got put out of work are not supporting, either by buying uh, more groceries or going out to eat or clothes or whatever. Um, how do you, you know, deal with that? Well, I'm a libertarian economist. I say that the business, if it grows too big, that it that it grows so big that when it fails, it hurts so many people. It should, it, it should be allowed to fail. That will teach other businesses a lesson not to grow out of control. And I'm sorry that uh-huh. people will lose their jobs, but you can't step in, hand out people's hard-earned money. In order to save a company, you have to take it from somebody else. You understand that, right? Oh, yeah. No, I agree with that. You know, they're taking my money to support this company, which I usually have nothing to do with, um, you know, but uh, I also think of, you know, the, the people who are working there um, and then the, the other people down the line that it's, uh, you know, it affects them. And what about me? So, um, this is a little business we're running. Jane's an author. Plus, we have this podcast that we're going to have sponsored soon. So if this business fails, I'll be hurting for sure. Should somebody step in from the government and help me? Uh, no, they're not going to. Well, no, they're not going to. It's Jim Weisvich. May I just say, government is business and it's failing left and right, and it's just stealing money left and right. And stealing from yeah. Joanne, too. Stealing from you, stealing from me, stealing from you. Now, um, another little side information for you. I know it, it made very little news here um, at one point. My daughter lives and works in Ecuador, and I was very concerned because uh, several months ago they had the, um, they weren't really riots, but they were uh, protesting that, uh, and they closed the government down for a little bit, where the government is, still is now subsidizing the gas, and, you know, if they were letting it rise to free market uh, prices, you know, the, the people were going crazy. So just a little bit there to let you know that um, once people get used to subsidizing something or other and they have to pay a free market price, they're not going to allow it and they're going to start and scream. So that's just too big. comes back to too big to fail also. I certainly Um, understand that. When people get used to subsidies, you know, you understand when you subsidize something, you make it more expensive. I could explain that, but I'll just leave it at that. When you tax something, you make it scarce. When you tax something, you make it scarce. When you subsidize it, you make it more more expensive. College is an example of that. And taxing something makes it scarce, obviously. If you raise taxes on gasoline too high, you'll make it scarce. Exactly. So, um, yeah, just, you know, even though we don't get a lot of the news from around the world, um, you know, on our news over here locally. Um, that's just another example of when you subsidize a business, and in this case it was, the, you know, the federal, the, their federal government or whatever it's called there, uh, subsidizing the gas and some other industries and things, and they were just, you know, the people said no, and now the government has to go back and uh, they negotiate with them. That They said, yeah, we'll continue subsidizing, but let's talk and negotiate. That's and very as far interesting. As they know right now, everything is the same as it was before. Well, you know, one of the reasons we have so many protests in Iran is because the government is no longer subsidizing gasoline, believe it or not, in a country that makes its living off of oil. 
That's why because people that's are protesting crazy. because Iran has stopped subsidizing gasoline. Right. Um, so that and, um, as you know, you said earlier, this government here in Connecticut is subsidizing a lot of businesses when uh, you have to bribe them to come here or to stay here for a little bit or whatever. It's crazy. Um, uh, thank I you very much. I appreciate, I appreciate the call. Okay, thank you Have very much. Have a good much. day. Yep. Bye, Joanne. You too. Bye, Joanne. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Give the number out again, 888-2101-996-0308. Let's finish up with Walter Williams' interview here. This is the, the last two minutes of Walter E. Williams. Somebody that doesn't like them, they don't realize it can turn against them very quickly. Yeah. So uh, yeah. they are playing with fire themselves. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I was looking at another quote that you had there. On, it was, you were talking about the uh, working force uh, shrinking, where you have the uh, Social Security is going to what happened to dis- either disappear or um, there's not going to be enough money to pay for the retirees because the the uh, well yes in 19 I think in 1940 you said there was 42 people per uh, per, per uh, retiree and in about 20 years it's going to be two people per retiree so uh, I was wondering if you think what I think Angela Merkel opened the borders in Germany to the Syrians to create another workforce because their reproduction is almost zero um, that that did not really solve their problem, did it? No, no, it didn't. And Angela Merkel is uh, is lamenting the fact she says that multiculturalism just has not worked uh, in Germany, and 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 applies to Europe as well. But but in terms of Social Security in our country, um, the most uh, you know by twenty by twenty thirty twenty thirty five, the Social Security tax alone will have to be over 30% to maintain the same prompt, to maintain the promises that we made today. And I don't think that American workers in the workforce uh, in, in the 2030s and 40s are going to be willing to tax themselves 30, uh, 30% uh, in just Social Security tax. And I think that system is going to collapse. Well, so there you go. Um, Professor Walter so Williams again. is predicting that Social Security will indeed implode. That you can take away from this interview. Socialism fails. Oh, yeah. yeah. Matter, matter of fact, I, I can't think of too many examples of where socialism has, has delivered on its promises. Now, a lot of people will say, well, look, there's the Scandinavian countries like uh, Sweden and, and uh, Norway and Denmark. And, but in those countries, they have a huge welfare state. But they're essentially free market in the in the economic arena, and matter of fact, the prime minister of Denmark has said earlier this year uh, that Denmark is not not a socialist country; it's a it's a it's a capitalist country. And uh, but but uh, and, and then also the, the today's socialists would not like uh, uh, Sweden because Sweden does not have a minimum wage law. And it has tuition. Uh, uh, it has vouchers uh, for its education system, and has a fairly light regulation of economic activity. Uh, Jane came to this all by herself. It shows how you can learn to be a libertarian coming from communism. She'll tell you the best minimum wage is zero. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean that is. It, it's uh, the minimum wage violates contracts. Uh, any of the uh, persons can't make uh, ability to to make contracts. Uh, that is, if you want to hire me for four dollars an hour, and I think it's okay to work for four dollars an hour, it's nobody else's business. Mm. That is so true. I want him to so, finish uh, up, Professor. Where he compliments. Uh, when it comes to the direction this I country is like going the, in, are you worried about it at all? SNL. Uh, yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not. I mean, that is, uh, Americans are are becoming less and less free. Uh, there's more and more government control over our lives, and the and the only uh, the recent uh, exception to that trend uh, has been uh, some of the deregulation by the uh, by the Trump uh, administration. 
and uh, and some of the uh, tax reduction, uh, particularly in the in the area of income tax and corporate taxes by the Trump administration, that is slowing down our march towards socialism. But nonetheless, we're headed towards socialism. That is, if you ask the question, which way are we headed? Which way is the nation headed? Tiny steps at a time. Are we headed towards more personal liberty? Or are we headed towards more government control over our lives? And I think it would have to be unambiguously the latter. That is, we're headed towards more government control over our lives. Why are we so willing to give up our liberty and our freedom? I don't understand that. Well, it, 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 you know, it's, and, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a tempting song for the government to say, or politicians to say, look, we'll take care of you. If you make a mistake, we'll take care of you. And, uh, and, and that's, that's a very tempting uh, message it to is. many people. It is, but people are forgetting what government gives, government can take. That's right, that's right. So uh, I would not rely on government, but that's me. I just decided I didn't like the old one, and I came here, and it's, it's following me. It's following me everywhere. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't look behind you, Jane. Well, it's gaining he's on He's laughing at you, Jane. <laughs> Well, with people like you guys, maybe there's some hope, uh, you know, with your your podcast and your and your wonderful radio show that you did for years and years. I enjoyed being a guest on. I enjoyed having you, Professor. It was great. We tried to spread uh, libertarianism, uh, free economy, and the free market as much as we could. We did change minds and influence some people, but again, it's a blue state. Is it a blue yeah. state? We call them blue states or red states. It's a commie state. It's a well in yeah. the communism. What colors are communists? They're red. And the funny thing over here, you have Republicans are red and Democrats are blue. So yeah. that's very confusing for somebody that comes from yeah. the communist Those system. Red, I want to thank Professor blue. Williams for saying such nice things about my radio show <laughs> and hoping the best for our podcast as well. He'll be another. He promised he'd come on our podcast again very soon. And Andy McCarthy is going to be a future guest. So is Mike Walsh. So we have an all-star lineup coming up. But we want to hear from you, and we're yeah. almost done with this. And uh, we're lining up podcast. next week's show already. And we're almost done with this podcast, but we want to hear at least one more time from you guys. 888-2101. Nine nine six zero three zero eight 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 two one zero one. Come on, give us a call. Eight 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 two one zero one. Nine nine six zero three zero eight. I like that phone number better. Which one? The first one. Nine nine six zero three zero eight. Nine nine six zero three zero eight. We haven't gotten one phone call on that line. The- I went out and bought it. The second one, the droid. Yep, the droid. We're getting all the phone calls on i on the iPhone. iPhone. I know how to uh, operate that. I forgot. Eight six zero nine nine six zero three zero eight. Eight six zero nine nine six zero three zero eight. Okay. Be the first phone person to ever call that line right now. No, that would be the second one. Second person to call that 860-888-2101 is the one that nobody ever called on yet because... 888-2101. And that's enough time for... We have enough time for a call before we shut down. 888-2101. Okay. Okay. You have the closing music, don't you? No, I had... uh, Did you want to quote... Uh, Professor yeah, Williams. Well, Professor Williams. He was uh, amazing. I just can't see tonight. Um, Social Security is unsustainable because it is not meeting the first order condition of a Ponzi scheme, namely expanding the pool of suckers. Because what he said was, we started with Social Security was forty two workers per one retiree. That was 1940. 1950 was 16 workers per retiree. And in about 20 years, we are going to have two workers per retiree. So I don't know how they are going to sustain Social Security. Um, Believing that presidents have taxing and spending powers leaves Congress less politically accountable for our deepening economic, what's the name, quagmire? Quagmire, yeah. 
of course, if you are a congressman, not being held accountable is what you want. Tim uh, says he can't call. He's at work. Oh, come on, I Tim. know he said that earlier. Um, that's okay. Tim, uh, but did take the, Tim did take the time to type in. Hi, Sam. How you doing? That's not bad. And Sally never showed up today. The, there's one more that I like. It's government people, not rich people, who have the power co- to coerce and make our lives miserable. Coercive power goes a long way toward explaining political corruption. Should I say that one one more time? And maybe you should play the beginning of the show. Uh, it's not your money. And I think, what do you guys think about the uh, theme, the beginning of the show to be, what day is it? Oh, we had it, but I don't have it right now. That's okay. It's harder to find. Sorry, guys. Can't find it now. Al Sheridan, just turned 60, been hard to save money for retirement. You're hoarding money, but have a modest amount. Have Have retirement from the Air Force. What scares me is by the time I'm 70, Social Security, my money I paid won't be there. Why did we allow this to happen? Huh. Um, well, we're watching everything as it's unraveling, including the impeachment. How, what, what are we supposed, what can we do? We are just watching. Yeah, what do, what do you guys think of the impeachment story? I mean, I think the whole thing is um, really so much ado about nothing. I can't imagine that he'll be convicted. Well, you know, I heard the theories about uh, the Democrats not wanting anybody else competing against Joe Biden. So all the other ones that are running right now are going to be bind to the uh, impeachment process, which is going to be run six days a week. And the only one that doesn't have to sit there is Joe Biden. Everybody else is binded to it. So I think that's interesting. This is one of my favorite Joe Bidens. As long as Joe is around, we'll have great moments like this. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Did you hear his latest gaffe? He was asked if he would just be a one-term president if he ran. Would he limit his running to just one term? And he said, if I run, I don't even plan on being a a one-term president. To which I'd say, yes, Joe, you won't even be a one-term president. He's right about that. Forget about two terms. He won't even serve one term. I can't wait for the next Joe Biden gaffe. It should be great. Okay, I think we should say happy Wednesday. And we should end as we began to, because this was the theme of the show. When the housing industry CEOs come to you and say, you know, we go under and all the ancillary businesses, the dishwasher manufacturers, the washer and dryer manufacturers, the Lowe's and the Home Depot's that vastly depend on our being alive and, and vibrant. If we go under, there's hell to pay. And then the textile manufacturer comes to you and says, if we go down, there's hell to pay. And on and on and on we go. Where do you draw the line with our money? It is not your money. In fact, it if anybody is. could have, if anybody it could is have predicted it, wait a minute, money. you said you wanted me on this show. Let me have a little chance to talk. <laughs> if, if, for example, I have to say something before if you end these this. 700 dealerships go under, and by the way, dealers can't sell cars. You know why? Because the credit crunch, because there's no credit to get. 
If we could just remove that problem, and this is what we're trying to do, then we'd be in a position to sell cars. And believe it or not, this is Congressman Nolenberg. He's a Republican. And even move a car. So there's nothing in the 25 or 50 going under. Congressman, there's nothing in the 25 or 50 billion that will open up credit for folks to buy cars that in good times and bad, they have not wanted to get from these guys. That's not the purpose of the 25 billion. The purpose of the 25 billion is to give them some some money for the time being to make sure that they stay alive. They stay in place. This is like shovel ready jobs. Remember shovel ready jobs? They weren't so shovel ready, were they? Joanne that called. Yes. Um, FYI, you changed me from moderate liberal to a conservatarian by listening to your and your other show, to you and on your other show. That's Joanne that called. I'm so happy that, about that, Joanne. And thank you for calling. And thank you for calling. Everybody, thank you me. for joining us. Uh, Indeed. Give us a call. We're waiting for your opinions and ideas and questions. Not me, Jim. Um <laughs> Anyways, we're yeah, let's give him an eight 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 two one zero one. How many eights do I put in there? Good night. Good night. <laughs>